every two years. This is a biannual sermon, and, and, and I've got to be honest, I really thought that I wasn't going to able was going to be able to to fit it in this year. And one of the reasons is because somehow in my brain I misplaced a week, and I, I can't tell you why, uh, but I misplaced a week somewhere. And uh, when I was working Monday uh, toward what to preach uh, Monday and Tuesday, what to preach tonight, <clears throat> I'd already worked on uh, the the the, the, the past Sunday and, and next Sunday, and it was sorted there. And um, I figured out, hey, wait a second. I have two weeks left, not just one. So I don't know what I did, but I was so thankful that I was able to be able to get in this message tonight, coming out of John chapter 8, verse 24. John chapter 8, verse 24. If you'll turn in your Bibles there tonight with me, uh, we'll get into this verse. And excuse my voice, I don't know where it went, I don't know why it's uh, uh, so, um, so horsey, I don't know. It's just uh, raspy tonight, and uh, it's what it is. John, uh, John chapter 8. And verse 20, 24, uh, the Bible says here, it says, uh, it says, um, I said, therefore, unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. And beloved, I want to bring to you tonight this message again, a, a buy-in. A, a I preach this thing every two years. I try to uh, on the great I am the great I am. Beloved, God revealed himself to Moses at the burning bush as I am that I am. In the Hebrew, that is Yahrah, which is what Yahweh is a derivative of. Uh, he bade him to tell the children of Israel, I am had sent him. And it's not mistaking, uh, it's not mistaken that indeed it was the Lord Jesus Christ who appeared unto Moses in the burning bush and yet was not consumed. It was the angel of the Lord, if you will, which is known as a theophany, a theophany. And uh, we'll be educated a little bit on the term angels here uh, tonight, probably just a little bit. But theophany comes from the Greek word theophania, which means appearance or showing of God. Uh, you know, it's one of the many Christophanies that you find in the Bible, which is a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ upon the earth. If the Bible refers to the angel of the Lord, especially in the Old Testament, we know that is the appearance of the Lord. For the definition of the word angel, biblically speaking, and that's the only definition that matters, is not messenger, but appearance. But appearance. Once you get that correct in your mind, you will be able to rightly divide what and who angels are, and especially what and who the angel of the Lord is, and how it pertains to the great I Am. So 1 Timothy chapter 3 is one of the areas that we look at, 1 Timothy 3, 16, without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. Okay, so we know that. Philippians chapter 2 and in verse 6, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Why did the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the... Uh, uh, who is the, the mystery, if you will, of godliness, uh, who was manifest in the flesh, who was justified in the spirit, who was seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and then received them in glory. Why did Jesus think it not robbery to be equal with God? Well, because if you believe, uh, if you believe that I am, ye shall, uh, if you believe not that I am, 
ye shall die in your sins. Our opening verse, John 8, 24. He is the great I am. And if you do not believe that, Jesus makes it very clear that you will die in your sins. So I want you to look at me tonight, if you will, at the angel. We want to see the angel tonight. So go all the way back to the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. You know why I use that word angel this evening? Uh, one of the reasons, because I like to alliterate everything. <clears throat> angel, when I use that word angel, we are using it, according to its biblical definition, we are using it as the word appearance. Now notice with me in Exodus chapter 3, uh, in verses 1 and 2, I want you to see this here, make it very clear tonight. Verse 1 says, Now Moses kept the flock at Jethro, his father-in-law, and the priest of Midian, and helped the flock uh, to the backside of the desert, and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, where? In a flame of fire, out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Now, who appeared unto him out of the flame? It's very clear, the angel of the Lord. Okay, now guys, listen, uh, it, this is not rocket scientists. Now, there's going to be people out there uh, who try to confuse you and try to confuse the word of God and try to confuse what the angel of the Lord is or the angel of God and the sons of God and all this and that. And guys, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to say it like Pastor Ellis used to say it. Uh, they don't have sense. God gave a billy goat. Okay, you trust the word of God for what it says. Okay. The great I am appeared in that burning bush, and the Bible says he appeared, and who was it? The angel of the Lord. We're going to tie and know who that is. This was not a messenger of the Lord. And this bush did not have long, blonde, flowing hair with blue eyes and two wings either, okay? So let's get that clear, all right? Uh, this, this is not what an angel looks like in the first place. And, uh, and guys, again, like I said, if, if more people would understand Understand this if they would just simply read the Bible and let the Bible answer the Bible, okay? There is not one place in the Holy Scripture you're going to find an angel ever have uh, long, blonde, flowing hair, blue eyes, and two wings. Not one place. You will never find it in the Scriptures that an angel is depicted as having two wings, period. All that they fly. You think an angel, the second, you know, the, the second most powerful uh, creatures in all the universe today... They need wings to, to, to fly? No, they don't. Amen. And uh, so we need to get that straight. We need to understand it. So angel means, by definition, appearance. And it is here the great I am appeared unto Moses. It was here uh, that he appeared in the burning bush. It's the pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. Incarnate is defined. Uh, it, it defines, it means uh, invested with bodily and especially human form and nature. It comes from the the Latin incarnate or incarn, which means flesh. Incarn, carn is flesh. It's the pre-incarnate appearance of something. It means to be uh, human form or nature. So in this bush, this bush was not the incarnation of Christ, but rather the pre-incarnation of Christ. The appearance, uh, the angel of the Lord always refers to the pre or post-incarnation of Christ, but not the incarnation of him as we find in his birth. Speaking of that, do we remember when? Do we remember who made the announcements to the uh, the shepherds watching the sheep when Jesus was born? Now this is going to rock your mind right here. I mean, you know, who made the announcement? The angel of the Lord did, didn't he? Now, <clears throat> one video, believe it or not, that I found depicted this accurately. 
they depicted it as Jesus Christ walking across the field, making his appearance to the shepherds, making the announcement, and then all the heavenly hosts then come in and they see the great salutation uh, before the shepherds. And then they said, hey, let's get it on. Let's go find out, you know, what's just been made known of this thing. Let's go see this, this thing here. And he said, you'll note by, he's in swaddling clothes. And we know the shepherds showed up when Jesus was just a little baby. Wise men showed up about two and a half, three years later on. Okay, he was a child. But that, that's beside the point. What I'm trying to say to you is God, the Lord Jesus Christ, in a pre-incarnation of himself, revealed himself to the shepherds, okay, and announced his own birth, if you will, as a child, as the son of man. You said, how can that happen? That's God, amen. That's God. Well, you've got to believe. If you can't believe in the miraculous, you can't believe in salvation. And if you have somebody try to, uh, try to nitpick that to death and try to, try to move it around, man, listen, stay away from those people. They, again, like Pastor Ella said, they don't have it since God gave a billy goat. So the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, we, we, we've seen that. Moses turns aside. I want you to see this as well. I want you to see this in Exodus chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. If you, if you like to take notes in your Bible, uh, you can draw a little line right there and, write, and you can write down Daniel chapter 3. Daniel 3. Do you remember uh, the appearance of the fourth inside the burning, burning, uh, the burning, um, the flame of fire, you know, where the, the three boys were thrown, all right, had the appearance of the Son of God. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, another theophany that occurred. So we see the same thing here with this bush. Bush, the flame is coming through, but the bush is, is consumed not. Verse 4 says, And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. <laughs> Beloved, Moses was in a backslidden state, if you will. He was away from God. We see that in verse 1. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him, and, and in order for Moses to come to Christ, in order for Moses to come back to God, what did he have to do? He had to turn aside. You know, he, Moses had to repent, beloved. He had to turn away from who he had been for 40 years in Egypt, and then he had to turn away again for who he had been 40 years in a land of Midian. You know, people will tell me all the time, they'll say uh, they're living in a sinful lifestyle, and uh, they've been living in a lifestyle like that for 10 years, and my goodness, man, Moses was a prince for 40 years uh, and a pastor for 40 more. And at 80 years old, guys, he turned away from self and, and he turned toward God. Amen. Noah's message from, uh, from the steps of the ark was not something good is going to happen to you. Amos was not confronted by the high priest of Israel for proclaiming confession his possession. Jeremiah was not put into the pit for preaching, I'm okay, you're okay. Daniel was not thrown into the lion's den for telling people that possibility thinking will move mountains. John the Baptist was not forced to preach in the wilderness and eventually beheaded because he preached, smile, God loves you. Uh, the two prophets in the tribulation period will not be killed for preaching God is in heaven and all is right in the world. Guys, instead, what the message was, well, for to, for, to, to, to men from God is simply one word, and that is repent. And Moses had to turn aside from who and where he was to come to God. Amen? And if we're going to get our lives right with God, if we're going to be committed in the eyes of God, if we're going to be faithful to God in his local church, we're going to have to turn aside from who we are. 
I know I hammered some things on Sunday morning quite heavily about your, about our heritage and, and looking back at where we are and people put faith in their education and, and where they're from and their family and this and that. And, and guys, all of that is nothing more than malarkey. That's all it is. You've got to put faith. If you put your faith in who you are, if you're trusting in what you can do, you better repent, big boy, and get it right in the eyes of God. Romans chapter 2 and verse 4 says, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. 2 Timothy in chapter 2 verse 25, And the meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. And then one of my favorite ones is not up there, but Acts 17 and verse 30 tells us at the, and at the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Think about it for just a second. When, when Paul is in, in Athens and, and he's preaching on Mars Hill <clears throat> and he says, uh, He's making known unto them the unknown God. All these Greeks had that pedestal, and unto the unknown God. Had all their other gods in their pantheon, and then over here was an empty pedestal and an inscription to the unknown God. And I've told you guys the history of why that was there, and I won't belabor that point now. But when Paul preaches and said, of the times of this ignorance, what ignorance? The ignorance of the unknown God, that God winked at it, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, to turn aside. Turn from who you are. Turn from where you are. Turn from what you know and turn to the living God. There was a time when God winked at that. Do you know what time that was? You remember when Jesus was on the cross and one of the seven sayings, what did he say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's ignorance. Stupidity and ignorance are two different things. Okay? Ignorance is just a lack of knowledge. They just, they, they, they didn't know what they were doing. And Jesus, on behalf of mankind, on behalf of humanity, said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're That's him winking at this ignorance. But that time is over with. Now he commands men, women and children, to repent. So Moses had to turn aside to go see this great I am. Moses had to go see this appearance, this angel that was in this burning bush. Moses turned aside to the angel to see the absolute. We touched on some absolutes here a couple of weeks ago in, uh, in that message on no condemnation. And uh, he saw an absolute. Look at verses 5 through 6, and then we'll skip to 14. The Bible says, and he said, <clears throat> Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, from the place whereon thou standest as holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Now look, if you will, in verse 14. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent, hath sent uh, me unto you. Beloved, he is the I am. Uh, our opening text reads that if you believe not that I am, ye shall die in your sins. Jesus Christ said that in order for us <clears throat> to give fair warning unto the Jews, he did, and all that followed him, that he is the self-existing eternal one. He is the Lord of Psalm 23. He is Jehovah of Genesis 22. 
And there are seven I am's in the Old Testament that we find. He says, I am, the, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. He says, I am the almighty God, Genesis 7, 31. I am the God of Bethel, Genesis 31, 13. I am the Lord which sanctifieth you, Leviticus 20, verse 8. He says, I am thy salvation, Psalm 35, 3. And I am the Lord and Holy One, Isaiah 43, verse 15. I am the first, <clears throat> I also am the last, Isaiah 48 and verse 12. My friend, he is the great I am. So in closing tonight, I want us to go back to the book of John. Go back to the book of John, and I want us to look back in verse 8, chapter 8, sorry. John in chapter 8, and I want us to look at verse 52 through 53. John chapter 8, <clears throat> verse 52 through 53, as you focus tonight on this idea that he is the great I am. Verse 52 tells us, Then said the Jews unto him, <clears throat> Now we know that thou hast the devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets. Thou sayest, If a man keep my sayings, he shall never taste of death. He says, Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Whom makest thou? thyself beloved they attacked christ's demeanor okay they attacked his dominion they attacked his deity okay but notice in verse 54 and onward verse 54 jesus answered if i utter myself my honor is nothing it is my father that honoreth me of whom ye say that he is your god yet ye have not known him but i know him and if I should say, uh, and I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like, uh, like unto you. But I know him and keep his sayings. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see, watch this, my day. And he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old. And hast thou seen Abraham? And Jesus saith unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was. I am. Beloved, before Abraham was, I am. The Jehovah, the great I am, by heaven and earth confessed. We bow and bless the sacred name forever blessed. I'm telling you guys, if you'll get a hold of this in our hearts, we should, we should learn to appreciate the majesty of the Lord Jesus Christ, the glory of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We should lift him up, and we should avail ourselves of all he says and all he is to us, for he is the great I am. He goes beyond border, beyond eternity, beyond anything in the world that can offer today because he is the great I am. And I'm, I tend to think that in our modern day today, in the day that we now live, that glimmer, that glimmer, that, that allurement, that awe of the Lord Jesus Christ, of who and what he is. I touched on this on Sunday, I know it. But we tend to lose it. Oh, we've heard the story a hundred times. Oh, but preacher, I was raised in a Christian home. Oh, but preacher this and preacher that. And Listen, man, if you lose that which is most sacred unto you, what do you have? If you lose that which is most sacred to mankind, that which, what can we become? If you lose that, that attraction, that awe of who and what Jesus Christ, 
the great I am. And what do we have in Christianity? I'll tell you what we have. We have a book of dead letters. We have a house of empty seats. And we have some cold-hearted Christians that have nestled themselves into the Laodicean church age and say, I'm good and increased with, go I'm increased with goods and riches. I don't need anything. And I fear to say that's where our world is today. If we'll get a hold of who the great I am is, I mean, it's Bible believers. And let the people of this world see the zeal, see the joy, see the excitement. Why are you excited? Because I serve the great I am. <clears throat> Why are you happy? Because I serve the great I am. Why do you have joy in your life? Because the great I am came to visit me and saved me and died for me and gave me eternal life. Amen. That's why I am why I am. So I'm here to say, guys, I'm done. Jesus Christ gave a beautiful answer. Before Abraham was, I am. He cleared it up. Before Abraham was, Jesus Christ always has been. He's the first, he's the last, he's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning, he's the end. He is from everlasting unto everlasting because he is the great I am. Father, thank you, Lord, for the time, the message tonight. I pray you'd sanctify it to our hearts and our minds. Lord, I pray you'd take it and allow us, dear God, to continue to keep that zeal, to keep that excitement for who our Savior is, uh, the Son of God. Lord, I just pray and confess to you tonight and ask you, Lord God, to move in a mighty way in our days. Lead us into the way to bring honor, glory, and praise unto thy name. And Father, I just pray tonight for those even watching online that you would reach through the technology and with dire conviction, Father, lay a whole people's heart for who and what you are. We don't have the weeping in the house of God like we once had. We don't have the tears shed to lost souls or for the joy of our Savior like was once present in Holy Spirit, Bible-preaching, God-fearing churches. And I ask you tonight, dear Lord, that you bring it back. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> I was talking to my pastor today. We had a good little phone call together about some other things, but we got talking about the world that we live in. You know, and I, I, I asked him, I said, Pastor, I said, he's only a few years older than me, and, and we're dear friends. We're close friends. I said, Brother, I said, did you, uh, I know 30 years ago we preached about what the world was going to be. This was going to happen, and that was going to happen. I said, but did you ever think you'd still be alive to see what's going on in the world today? He says, not a chance. I said, me neither. All we knew was going to happen, and we preached about it. And I mean, you know, Pastor Ellis, the man that led me to the Lord, the man I surrendered unto the priest, the man that ordained me to preach, 35, 40 years ago, was preaching on what is happening before us today. And it, I mean, and we hooped and hollered and amen and praise the Lord and all that stuff. But in the back of our minds, it won't be in my day. And what we see unfolded in our world today is really what we heard tonight. The church house, those that name the name of Christ, they've lost the allure of the great I am. They have. They've lost the joy. Of who he is. Now again, 
I'm, I'm preaching to the, the choir tonight. You guys are here on a cold Wednesday night, freezing your head off to be in church. Amen. And you're faithful. And all of you guys are always faithful. So, I mean, I, I mean I'm preaching to the choir. But what I'm trying to tell you is this world, you know, the degradation of the house of God, you know, the, the, the rejection of the holy word of God. You know, we, wanna, we can blame the sinners all we want. We can blame the lost all we want. But the reality is, the reality is the generation before us and their generation before them, they failed this assignment. They failed to do what needed to be done, and that's why a church house is empty tonight. That's why you have people who, any, any reason whatsoever, will skip church. And I've told you guys for years on end, whether it be people visiting, whether it be, uh, you know, weariness, tiredness, whatever, whatever the devil ha- uses and is successful to keep you out of the house of God, it's what he's going to keep using. It's what he's going to keep using. Knocks on the door, tradesmen, salesmen, you know, Hoover vacuum cleaner salesman, whatever it may be. If he knows it'll keep you out, that's what he's going to bring to you. We need to be aware of that. Amen. I, I'm, I'm thankful for our lot that are here. Like I said, and you're here every Wednesday. Praise God. You're faithful. You're committed. You're dedicated. And hallelujah to that. But I'm just saying to you tonight, the great I am, before Abraham was, I am. That's what we need to hold to this evening. In the dark days and in the trenches and in the times when we feel like this world is winning, that thought right there will bring you back to where you need to be. Just stand in awe of the Lord Jesus Christ.